0: you're listening to be that lawyer life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice each episode your host author and lawyer coach steve fretson will take a deeper dive helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results now here's your host steve Fretzen. hey everybody welcome to be that lawyer this is steve Fretzen, your host i hope you're having a wonderful day If you caught our last episode, it was part one of part two in Be That Lawyer, international business development. How do we do business development in our country, the US, and other countries like the UK and Japan? And I have some wonderful friends of mine that were kind enough to come on the show, Claire Fanner and Catherine O'Connell. So they are going to be doing part two. So stick around, check it out, enjoy the show. Take care. Let's stay with the subject, but a little different twist, and that is lawyers, from my experience, you know they struggle with content. They struggle with producing content that could be written, that could be video, that could be audio, that could be whatever, but they don't realize, I don't think all the time, that that content can be so critical to how you use social media, how you build up SEO, search engine optimization on your website how you're getting the the exposure that you're looking for to be to be known and to be authentic and to be liked and know, you know trusted and all that that like Claire said. So are they missing the boat on content, not missing the boat on content in your in your countries? Claire, let's start with you and then we'll go to Catherine.
1: We've got much better. I mean I guess the challenge is the same around the world. In the first instance, the marketers were saying to the lawyers we need content because that will help us with the website being more visible. So the SEO piece it will also help us market you if we understand better what you're doing and if clients better understand it so that was the challenge in the uh, the start of this conversation many years ago now i think because of social media because of this understanding now that google does matter and therefore being found on google does matter and the only way that can happen is hey some great content in different formats so not just static words but the audio the video etc the social media channels so content is still a challenge for many so a lot of lawyers a lot of the conversations I will have is you know how do I you know what should I write about and how do I structure it how do I write it and that's where I think we've got two types of lawyers if you like we've got those that are very uncomfortable and those that are totally comfortable that are active on social media posting their stuff their authentic self comfortable with a style that works for them happy days The the rest, that's where I think we can help, where we can hold the hand, we can we can help the youngsters coming new into the profession who are naturally comfortable with social media and just by pointing them in the right direction around the boundaries within which they need to play, because we do need to get that bit right still. Law is, you know, too important a topic for people to be going too off piece. But yeah, giving them a structure, making it easier for them. And a lot of the people that I work with, what I'll often say to them is, look. You know the law, you know something's about to happen or just happened that's important and you understand what that means to clients, but you might struggle with how to communicate that. So just send me an email with some bullet points or some dialogue that just tells me what's happened or happening and why it matters. We can then help craft that into the right style to make it appealing and relevant and attractive. And of course, there's a bunch of people that sell those services. So law firms either do it themselves in-house the mixture of their marketing people and their lawyers doing it, or they buy in copywriters or pre-produced content and do it that way. So content is less of an issue because law firms now know it's important. How they do it is the bigger challenge.
0: But I think there's a, there's a takeaway here. And that's you know one of the things I love to do on the show is give takeaways. And that is, if you have, as a lawyer, an idea, something that's going on, something that you may want to talk about, you don't have to write the whole article, just write down a couple sentences and then yeah. you can, you know, it's, that's what comedians do, right? They don't have jokes like worked out from the beginning. They write down a funny thought and then they can work it out later or maybe hand it off to a professional writer. And so that's, I think, a great point, Claire, that you can, you don't have to have everything worked out. You can just have some of it worked out. And then there's a lot of external sources, yeah. internal sources you can use to take that to the next level to yeah. actually produce an article and interview yeah. something. Yeah.
1: Totally. And and I think the other part that perhaps I should have mentioned is if you're lacking inspiration or you don't know where to start, then that's where us marketers can kind of go, hey, here's examples. There's always something in the news. I mean, I'm sure you guys on this call are the same. I have got too much content. My challenge is the opposite, which is when can I post this stuff? When can I use this stuff? Because, of course, you can't bombard people with everything all in one go. But that's a habit. That's because I'm used to it. That's because I know what I'm looking for. That's because it's my job to look for this stuff and have this. stuff. Right. A lawyer's job is to be a very good lawyer in whatever discipline and area they are a lawyer. So they sometimes forget to do the thing that says, how can I tell people I've got all this knowledge and I can provide these solutions? So we as marketers and BD people can help that process because we can see, you know, hang on, this thing's happened or I've seen these firms are talking about this. Why aren't we talking about this? So we can go to the lawyers with the ideas as well
0: to help it happen. Yeah. Catherine?
2: Yeah, I think I loved the way you talked there about people find it very hard to communicate out what they want to say, Claire, and I think I've got a good example of that here because it's, it's what I do to help other lawyers. Strangely enough, I'm in a law firm and my own business is, of course, being a corporate commercial lawyer, but the way the market is structured in Japan is that you can't do all the kinds of laws law that you would want to do, right, especially foreign lawyers we cannot really advise in Japanese law. But I know a bunch of super amazing specialist Japanese lawyers. They run their own firms, small law firms. So we collaborate together. And I think collaboration is the key to business development in 2022 and beyond. So it's no skin off my nose to be working with them. And we achieve more together. I've got one current Japanese lawyer. I'll give you an example who's who's an employment law expert. He finds it difficult to communicate his message Clearly, but he's a really bright spark and he's got lots of really great practical examples. So I'm not being a lawyer when I work with him. I'm being a more of a consultant or a coach. As I've just said, it's almost like what you're doing, exactly what you're doing. So I get sit down with him. We go through the PowerPoint materials. We work out the mistakes in the English. I coach him on how to to speak to the slides how to pause, how to emphasize, things that Japanese people have no idea normally how to do, generally speaking, and no disrespect there, but it's generally not a skill that is taught. So that's what I, I lend my skills in that way. And so we go out to chambers of commerce who have got a captured audience for us, their membership, and deliver the content to the members, their corporate members who are dying to hear this information. How do they avoid sexual harassment char- you know, charges? How do they not be caught doing harassment for people who are working from home during COVID-19, all this kind of thing. So I help him moderate the the webinar, ask all the questions, present confidently. And that's the sort of way of collaboration now that I help with. So it's not all all about getting the legal work. It's about collaborating Mm -hmm. with another lawyer. So then we share the content. uh, We go to other chambers and we pitch the same thing. If I have clients who need labor law advice, which they always do, who do I go to? Him. And then he'll send me other things as well. So it's so win-win. I think Mm -hmm. collaborating with other lawyers, people think it's competition, but it's actually not. It's one of the best ways to get a mutual out. that's going to be beneficial.
0: And I think it's always been the case where where, um, lawyers get competitive or they get a mindset of being very careful around other attorneys that they're going to steal their business or they're just get highly competitive. And I think that sort of changed with the opening up of the country, the world. Zoom maybe did some of that where now, like even myself, like I used to not really want to talk to too many coaches, quite frankly, because I just felt like they were going to steal my ideas or that they were competitors to me. I've turned it's turned out enough. This yes. is a podcast or whatever. Like my, my mindset has completely flipped in like the last three years where now I just I, I love engaging with other people in my space. That could be you two. That could be the ten other lawyer coaches I know in the U.S. That could be just just wanting to talk with everybody, and ultimately, it just has has opened up the way that I'm building my business and not worrying about competitors so much. Yeah. Really thinking about the look, how many lawyers are there, and there's only a few of us. Like it's not it's not really that competitive. Now lawyers could say the same thing, right? They could say, "Well, look, you know, just in Illinois, to give you an example, not the U.S. In Illinois." There's 60,000 lawyers. Okay. In the US, there's a couple million, and maybe half of them are in private practice. So it's not, there's no shortage of them. But how do you guys seem to take in the way that lawyers look at competition or look at that competitive side in getting business, maybe from years past? Uh, let's go to Claire on that.
1: Yeah. It's interesting one. So I mentioned the law firm marketing club, which I set up in. COVID time so we've been up and running for a year and a half and the concept is quite simple it's stick law firms in the same room to collaborate and mm-hmm. talk to each other from a marketing and a strategy perspective so it's not not necessarily the lawyers although we do get managing partners in, in, involved in that and the, the feedback i get from all of them without fail is this is incredibly helpful you never have all the answers it's great to learn from other people it's a great way of almost combining resources for the greater good of the sector. So we as a sector can become better overall. We can provide something better for clients. So the feedback from those that are part of my community is all positive about the benefits of collaboration. But that's a massive mind shift from when I came into the sector 15 years ago when what you've described, which is this, you know, actually you're my competition, so I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to share ideas, you know, and, and if you're in... I mean, how many times have I, I sat and talked to law firms and said, well, if they're involved in that event, then we're not going to be involved because we can't have two law firms right. sponsoring the same event. And, and there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for that. So I think it's a gradual shift. And I would say we've got the forward thinking, growing learning generation that get that collaboration is the way forward, that yeah. we, we'll we never have all the answers ourselves. You know, I am a better person when I Talk to Steve and Catherine to get ideas from you. What's working in your world? How do you do it? What does that look like? How can I make that happen? And if I can bring that into my world, that will just enhance my offering. And then, like you, Steve, I don't see collaborating with people who do the same stuff as I do as a negative thing for me and my business. Quite the opposite, because I'm going to back myself and say, you know what? I'm good enough at what I do that I can stand up and I can talk and I can. My personality can shine through and I will also give as much as I possibly can to people because that's part of them understanding the value I can bring. So does it help me win more business since I set up the Law Firm Marketing Club and created this community? People turn to me and say, oh, you're one of the leading legal marketing professionals. Can you help? So it works all round. It works for the law firms. It works for people like us. Mm. So
0: let's let's get your take on it. Then I've got one or two more questions to kind of wrap things up in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Okay.
2: completely agree. You know, getting the same people in the same room is absolutely fine. My podcast, I interview Japanese and foreign lawyers, women lawyers, mostly who are working in Japan. Recently, I invited a lawyer from a large U.S. litigation firm to come on the show and her marketing team said, can't do that. Catherine's a competitor. I'm like, I do not do litigation. (laughs) I'm not a big U.S. firm. My goodness, was I surprised. I said, just totally not. I do careers of people. So it's about not the work you're doing. It's about how you got from America to Japan and how you've become a successful lawyer and what stumbling blocks you got over. So that Mm. really made me think about it and uh, how people may be perceiving things in the market. I'm still pondering that one. But the same thing. And it's a bit like your... uh, Peer advisory, getting people together, Steve. I do that with a round table with general counsel. The last one we had was at IBM's office in Tokyo, and it was me and a general counsel got together and we gathered 10 in-house legal counsel GCs together at the office, had drinks. Uh, Actually, that one we had breakfast, uh, nice breakfast, Chatham House Rules. People share their information across the table, the things that they're having difficulty with, privacy. Data privacy was the topic. Before that, we do a a survey. We get their ideas on certain questions. We share that in pie charts, and then it starts the discussion off. And at the end, they do say if they're okay for it to go out generically as a list of takeaways that we share on social media. They can all share internally in their legal teams. And it's just brilliant. It's a, a amassed knowledge. Why would you not go to the source of everything that's happening across people's desks? So that's a really good way, too. And I think if people aren't doing those sorts of things, they're missing out. And sure, yeah, it takes time to do it, but nothing worth doing is not going to take you some time. So I think those sort of innovative ways of and they're quite easy, really. They're not maybe innovative at all. Just getting people around a table, getting people in the same room who kind of might seem like they're the the same people and they're competitive. It's so not. And I think the three of us have shared that right now, which is just incredible.
3: And I hope people take that away with them.
0: Yeah, that's terrific.
3: Did you know that 36% of potential clients would take their business elsewhere if they had a bad call experience? Roll out the red carpet for your callers and website visitors with experienced and professional Money Penny receptionists. Our awesome team, superpowered by technology, will get to know your business inside out so they can answer calls and respond to web chats exactly as if part of your team. Start your free trial by quoting the name Fretson and get started today with MoneyPenny.
0: With the help of Practice Panther, our office is more efficient than ever. We now provide an even higher level of service to our clients. I've collaborated with Practice Panther for years, and I'm always hearing from happy customers just like that one. Practice Panther wants to save you up to eight hours every week, and I want to save you money. All my listeners can get an exclusive discount 50% off your first three months. Learn how your firm can boost productivity with automated workflows, custom intake, and native e-payments by visiting practicepanther.com slash lawyer to discover more and claim this deal. LegalEase Marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at legalesemarketing.com. And so in moving into kind of wrapping things up, the one of the last questions I have is regarding the low-hanging fruit in the various countries we're representing. And Celine, I may bring you in on this as well. So pr- prep up. But like in the US, you know, I'm always looking to help my clients go after low-hanging fruit. So the way I see it is there's there's business development on this side of the mountain, there's marketing on this side of the mountain. If they can do both, it's going to meet up at the peak, and that's where you know they the real success happens but when i talk about like my clients lawyers where they where they need to invest their time it's really about how do they get business from their existing clients and this might be universal and i don't I'm, I'm stepping out everybody here but it's okay that if we're all the same because because maybe that's a, just a universal thing the problem with lawyers in the us is they're very uncomfortable asking for something asking for a referral for a for a contact mm-hmm. from a GC to another GC from a CEO to another CEO not only are they uncomfortable they don't know how to do it they don't have the right language process so i spend a lot of time working with my clients helping to get them comfortable with process and language to make that happen and that's when you know things start really popping but if they if they if they're just in their shell about it it's just not going to work so claire is that Exactly the same in the UK. A little different in the UK. Help us understand that that the low what you're advising people on as it relates to business development and low hanging fruit.
1: Yeah, it's exactly the same. Um, okay, so it's the same story as you've just described. The obvious stop point has to be existing clients and relationships. And law firms are not traditionally great at that when you look at it across the whole firm. Individual lawyers are generally very good at kind of you know I've got these clients and I'm going to look after them and keep in touch with them and so on. But the the know-how is the second part, I think, which you touched on there, which is, well, what do I do? How do I do it? So a few years back, there would be a very one-size-fits-all approach to business development, which is, you know, go networking, go to these events and, you know, and meet people that way. Well, it's it's all very well saying go to a networking event and meet people. But if that person doesn't have the confidence or the skills to to, to, to go walk into that room, and to walk up to people and introduce themselves and doesn't feel comfortable to do that, then what they're going to do, and this does happen increasingly less, is you know they go to that room and they stand in the corner on their own or they go and talk to their colleagues who happen to be there as well and they actually don't do any networking with the people they're there to network with. Yeah. So what, what the low-hanging fruit, I think, is to give everybody a relevant and appropriate business development plan, no matter who they are, what level of experience they are, if they're new into the firm, they're a trainee, up-and-coming professional, experienced professional. Everyone can do BD that suits them, and that might be going to networking. It might be taking people out for lunches or coffees. It might be producing a list for other people to then work on and, and look after because other people have got those better interpersonal skills it might be writing articles and content and i think again this is where we can add value which is help people make it easy because i think some people if you say do some business development if you're nervous if you don't know where to start that's an enormous mountain you've just put in front of them you sit down with them and say talk to me about what you do and what you're good at and what you're comfortable with you can then yeah. come up with a
0: plan well and the other thing is with a plan you know you don't you you can really evaluate everything that opportunities that that an individual lawyer has or a law firm has and and determine where the best time is going to be spent. And then it's just right. about educating through the plan and through additional training how to go after the business that is right in front. So like I, I joke a lot about it's like a table of money, just a pile of money on a table around next to a lawyer. And the lawyer's been walking around it for years. You know, <laughs> they just don't know how to walk into into all that all that extra business. So Catherine, what's mm-hmm. your take on this?
2: Well, I've just got a visual on a table full of money. Anyway, that's interesting. (laughs) Well, you know, Japan, let me just say it's a completely 100% relationship orientated culture, particularly when it comes to doing business and law is no exception. They, I guess, Japanese operate within what anthropologists call this kind of high texture, high context culture. So Mm. communication mostly is nonverbal. So you've really got to be watching not what people are saying at an event, not what people are saying in their blog, what's what they're not saying. Right. And you've got to be really conscious of that. The other thing that uh, Claire mentioned as well, it's it's going to the existing clients, the old 80-20 rule, right? You Mm. will get most of your business from the 20% and keep going back to them. And then there's always the friend of a friend that I find and I do ask friends. Who have come to me? Do you know of somebody or keep me in mind? I ask for testimonials. I don't sit back and wait for it. And I think lawyers just need to ask. People, will generally speaking, not be offended if you ask for something. They're actually quite flattered and are very happy to help. So um, yeah. a lot of lawyers will not go out and do that. They think it's it's greasy, it's grimy, yeah, it's grabby, yeah. grabby. Yeah. It's none of that. It's it's yeah. standing up for what you're worth, and it's about asking for something that has already been delivered to you, just want it in a particular context, right? And so go, go get it. Don't, it's, don't hold know,
0: back. I'm going to give you another visual. And that's what I call head trash. Lawyers have head trash. So what's that? That's all the junk in their brains that say, this is going to be embarrassing. This is going to be rejection. This is not this. I, why am I asking? I don't deserve this. Or I, why am I asking something of someone who's already giving me a bunch of business? And your take, Catherine, which I totally agree with, and and is that, It's like, if I know the top brain surgeon in the world and my uncle has a brain tumor, well, do I want to refer that brain surgeon or do I want to let him, you know, find someone on his own? I'd rather give someone the best than let them figure it out on their own. And so when you're getting in front, uh, having a lawyer get in front of a GC, a CEO, et cetera, that where there's an introduction made to a great lawyer, well, that greatest resource that that CEO or GC may have ever come across. Well, how did that happen? Well, it happened because someone was proactive in making that Mm -hmm. ask. I want to hit up Selena in Canada. Uh, talk about this. What's the comfort level, Selena, going after that low-hanging fruit and uh, from your take?:
3: I think most people are kind of getting uh, into the right mindset that you know scientifically it is much easier to bring in business from a exists someone who knows your work rather than trying to develop a new relationship to that point. and just thinking back on my own journey. Sometimes I've met, randomly met people at a networking event or cocktail event and it took me seven or eight years of knowing them and probably talking to them at least three times a year for seven years before they're like oh something came up that maybe you can help me with so I, and then but I, I think we always think of uh, networking as well I, I got I gotta go meet new people I can't just be people I don't know why we don't think about people money on the table right in front of us right and yeah i I think i think part of it is just education and you've helped me a lot with that steve is like you know so my problem is i know a ton of people very shallowly like i'll meet them like once at an event or something and then i'll i'll link up with them on linkedin but then i'll never speak to them again so that's that's always been my issue people are slowly coming around but I don't know why it's not more obvious to lawyers without someone telling them that obviously you should
0: start with a low hanging fruit. We've, yeah. yeah, And, it, and it's, it's um, again, I think a lot of it's education. A lot of it is the fact that that lawyers in law school and lawyers at a law firm level, aren't learning business development. They're not understanding the process approach language to make things that are, are maybe traditionally uncomfortable, comfortable. And so that's why we're in the space, right? We're trying to change that and help people get through some of the things that are more challenging. The, the wrap up to the show, if if we're okay with that, we're going just a few minutes over, but I think this is an important way to wrap it up A question. If somebody is interested in doing business from the US to the UK or Japan or Canada, or someone in Japan is interested in doing business in the UK, like we can work that angle. What are some of the subtleties or some of the things they have to consider before approaching or to expand what they've already been doing. So like Kevin Thompson's on the call and like he's doing international, a lot of international work. He's figured out some of the subtleties I'm assuming, but, but Claire, what are some things that, that people that want to do business in the UK need to consider to make that a reality?
1: It's a tough one to answer Steve from, from my perspective, because it's not as straightforward. I, I think where it boils down to is the relationship piece and Coming in cold, who are you? What are your credentials? Why you? What do you offer that's different? So there's some basics in there that that any any new entrant to any market would have. So for me, it would be about having the right relationships, collaborating with the right partners in the UK to connect you with the right people, and it will then relate to who you know, how, what you offer, what's different. So having a clear message. And positioning yourself now, all of that becomes much more doable if we do all the basics that we've already talked about on this session, which is we're visible, we're writing helpful content, whether that's on our websites or on social media or a mix of both. We're developing our relationships. We've got a good relationship with with relationships with clients who are saying nice things about us. So, so I think there's the good hygiene factors. Then there's going to be the the practical aspects, which I'm definitely not qualified to, to comment on. Around how can somebody in the US or Japan conduct business in the uk and clearly there'll be some hoops to jump through and some some technicalities to to, to see to yeah. but but my biggest advice would be get the basics right get those relationships in place and
0: show up in the right way yeah that's great Catherine.
2: totally 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 obviously you've got now i got someone in the uk you've got myself we have networks we're a first point of contact for you i would say we're not there just to get the work. I'm certainly not there, but because I can't do all the work, but I will certainly know someone mm. can help you. Um, mm. In the case of your IP friend, was that Ryan? Was it was it Ryan? I think it was Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Yes, I mean Kevin will know that in Japan. You know, trademarks you have to get yours over the counter, the trademark application into the you know the patent bureau before anybody else. Whereas in the US, you've been using it for a long time; it's yours. So those differences, you know, I know a little bit about that, but I'm not an IP lawyer with expertise, but I know who you to go, could go to, right? Yeah. So it's finding yeah. out who's there, who someone is connected to. And I think LinkedIn is a really great place. Just don't hit people up with, hi, my name is, and I do this. Can I sell you this, right? Get to know people. It's so important, the know, like, and then, you know, think about something like that later on, getting to know people. You know, as I said to before, Chambers of Commerce There's a massive chamber of commerce here, the American Chamber of Commerce is 700 members. A lot of them are lawyers. You get to become members of those, you know, invest in those relationships once again, uh, meet people and then work out how you can come into the country. But certainly you need people on the ground because that's where the, the network starts, right? And the ripple, you plop it in the pond, the stone, and it goes out to everybody.
0: And, and I may have the perfect example and it actually happened yesterday. So this is, I wish I could have made this up, but it actually happened. So one of my clients who's in the IP space, I, I mentioned, look, I'm looking to meet some lawyers in the UK. Do you know? And he said, sure. He introduces me to a, a very well-renowned attorney in the UK who oversees over 200 attorneys in just his group alone. He's at a very large firm. And so he sets me up with a what I call a quality introduction. So we then get something scheduled. And it's not about me asking for business or going after business. Is actually to get him on my podcast. And that's not a shtick. That's, the, and that's whatever. That's that's the real thing. Like I'm interested in having him talk about business and business development in the UK, how he built his book as a rainmaker. And could that lead to business? Yes, that could lead to business. But whatever the case might be, is the introduction was key. I, w- I don't think this guy would have responded to a cold solicitation or even a LinkedIn solicitation. And then to talk about having a value add. I'd like, I'd like something that's going to pump up your ego, pump up your brand, pump up what, you know, what, and are you willing to talk about it? And the answer is yes. And then to get that moving forward, that's the beginning of a relationship that's going to take time, but that's a few steps in a proper direction without asking for anything that's going to put someone off or out. So I and think, I, uh, I, yeah, yeah, Steve, fair?
1: I concur a hundred percent with everything you've said on Indy, Catherine, and I would add to that. A few steps in the right direction, spent doing it the right way, will save save you many wasted hours and days later down the line if you're trying to go in cold. So yeah, yeah it's that relationships and networks and. Stuff. But it,
0: but it starts with that low hanging fruit of the client that knows you, likes you, trusts you. To your point, Claire earlier, that can make those inroads and make that happen. Yeah. And um, it's much easier for me. Again, you know, with with a podcast and and, and you know, in and, and having groups like you've got the. the the mastermind groups and you've got the podcast and there's it's just easier to meet people through those channels than hey let's talk about how I can sell you something or let's talk about how we can do business together right sure
2: is and I mean following hashtags following themes on LinkedIn these come up right in front of your face following a certain group I had a, a group come up and like your story Steve where a person I know was nominated to a new board that's been established I want to be on that board eventually. But that's not what I went in with. I went in with the congratulations. I did a screenshot of his name from the LinkedIn post. I put that in the, the message that I sent to him. He said, wow, thank you so much. That's, no one's ever done that for me. I said, I'd love to do something with your group. He said, we want you to come and uh, we've seen, I've looked at your profile, come and speak to our group about a certain topic that they they are set up for this particular board. And I said, fantastic he said they can know get and like you and then maybe you know there might be a chance for you to come on next year and I'm thinking how did he read my mind but that's Mm -hmm. it I congratulated he offered he said we've already got approval for it let's just work out when it can happen and that's Ah. just from a small time piece of my time to say congratulations I saw you got there that is fantastic and we just blew, blew it out from there so I'll report back next year if I get the position but You know, it's just tiny things like that that are human and really mean and getting people's heart to heart. That's where you start from. Yeah,
0: really good stuff. I think we're going to wrap up. So let's just go real quick, Claire, kind of final thoughts about business development, marketing in the UK and then Catherine, and then we're going to wrap up the show. So kind of a 30 second recap.
1: Yeah, well, what's been reassuring and not not a surprise necessarily is that it sounds like it's pretty well the same wherever you are in the world. If I just take our sample size from the room here, the challenges and the opportunities are the same. And I think we can we can overcomplicate it. But actually, let's get back to basics. Let's be authentic. be our authentic selves. Let's build those relationships. Let's not be afraid to have opinions and be a little bit different. But do the basics. Be visible. Be there. Keep in touch with your clients. Build those relationships and build your networks in a wider sense. And be you. Do it yeah. your way.
0: It's common. It's it's common sense, but it's also hard for people that are inundated in work and billable hours and yeah. and just keeping their head down to think strategically yeah. and tactically about how to execute. So again, don't be afraid to you know talk to me, Claire, Catherine, other experts in the field to get help on this because it isn't something you need to feel alone on or that you're, that you're not supported. There are, there's lots of okay. people that would like to support you in these efforts. Okay.
2: Sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's about relationships and thinking about it as a giver's mindset, a giver's mindset. What can I give to this other person first before I go in with what I need or what I want? Um, mm-hmm. What can I do for them? How can I make their life just slightly easier? Can I introduce them to someone? Can I do something for them? And I think in the past, t- Steve, I've shared with you a Tips for handling meetings with Japanese people. And I'm happy to give that away for anyone who wants to come to me for that. It's really basic, but it's actually, you know, you see common sense. Common sense is not that common, apparently. So uh, happy to share anything that might uh, have struck up with you that you want to be uh, le- thinking about how they've got another fact sheets on company setup and trademarks and things like that, which are not my area, but I'm happy to give those away. And, I, you know, again, it's a giving away in order to make your life a little bit easier in your business within japan in my case and i'm sure that's the the same for Claire and for you to see
0: yeah so catherine claire selena thank you all for coming and and kind of sharing your wisdom and, and adding some value to this program be that lawyer live gone international you know we're just over uh it's been about just you know 70 minutes we've been doing this and lots of takeaways lots of opportunities to learn and and understand that while there are some cultural differences ultimately it comes down to relationships, authenticity. It comes down to having a plan and, and executing, and, and of course, getting some help. It's not something you need to do alone. Well, everybody, that's a wrap up of Be That Lawyer Live. And again, international business development with my friends Claire Fanner and Catherine O'Connell really sharing their wisdom. Hopefully, you got a, some great takeaways and you enjoyed the two part series. We'll be doing this again with the women in law coming up soon. But hopefully, you're enjoying the show. If you love, Be That Lawyer. Please don't be shy about telling other lawyers about it and giving us that five-star review on your Apple phone or wherever you're listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. All about helping you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Take care, be safe, be well. We'll talk again real soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.